It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports from the preps. And putting on the brakes there at third is Destiny Gonzalez with a three RBI triple. To the pros. Handoff, Neal hit behind the line, still fighting, still spinning. He's in. Boom. Touchdown, Jayhawks. The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. For the Orioles, this is 70, as it's 70 wins on August the 6th. Brushes one, high and deep to left field. Back goes Kiner Falefa, his second three-run home run of the day. Jake Myers, a six-RBI day, a career afternoon at Yankee Stadium. It's 8-5 Astros. Melendez drives it deep to left field. Schwarber looks up. It's out of here. MJ Melendez gives the Royals the lead right back. An opposite field line drive homer. The 0-2 pitch. Hit towards left. Nolan Jones is there. Ball game. Rockies end a 12-game losing streak on Friday to the Cardinals. Today, they get a series win in St. Louis. And good Monday morning, everybody. We're back on the Morning Blitz, broadcast on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State, 1025 U-Rock, which once again is down at this point in time. We hope to have it back up uh, sooner rather than later, waiting on parts to get in to fix our station on 1025 U-Rock. And, of course, available through the Rocking M app and and WKSRadio.net. No matter which way you're listening, thank you so much for hopping on here this Monday, August the 7th. Full show ahead today on the Morning Blitz. Our good friend Riley Gates from On3Sports.com going to stop by and talk about conference realignments. In fact, there'll be a lot of conversation about that going on uh, here uh, over the next uh, few minutes of this show. That's for sure. That'll be the topic du jour. Uh, we will uh, visit with Riley Gates, though, in the mix of all that. Uh, we'll get to the Rockies and the Royals and their weekends that they had. Uh, you know, it's the, the last Sunday I read this uh, this morning as I was getting up. You know, this last Sunday, which was, you know, August the 6th, was the last Sunday without football now for six months. So we've made it. Even though it might be preseason football for a month or so, it's the last Sunday without football. And so uh, it's an exciting time. And honestly, it's exciting. We're a week away from fall sports practices at the high school level getting underway and stuff of that sort. So... Uh, it's, it's we're, we're about to ramp up into busy, busy time. We have a chance to win from the Kansas Lottery coming up in today's show. Multiple tickets to give away today, as a matter of fact. And uh, once again, another programming note, no shows tomorrow and the rest of the week. I will be out of the office. Um, so once again, no shows tomorrow or the rest of the week. But we here are on Monday, and we have plenty of things to get to here on the Morning Blitz. And let's get it going with our usual Monday kickoff segment. It would be our weekend winners and losers. There are two kinds of people in this world. There's winners and there's losers. Which ones were which this past weekend? I want winners. Loser, you're a loser. It's the weekend's winners and losers on the Morning Blitz. Want to be a winner, be a winner. 
we'll start with the uh, regional winners here first and foremost. That'd be the Colorado Rockies. They win a series against the uh, Los Angeles, sorry, the Los Angeles, the St. Louis Cardinals, excuse me. Uh, a win yesterday, 1-0 on Sunday, allowed them to take two out of three away from St. Louis. After winning on Friday 9-4, they lost Saturday 6-2. They win Sunday 1-0. Ezekiel Tovar with a sacrifice fly RBI, bringing in Brenton Doyle. Austin Gomber against his former club goes six innings, doesn't allow a run, just six hits, three walks, two Ks uh, to pick up his ninth win of the season. And the Rockies get the W, and they uh, take a series from St. Louis uh, first time since 2009, June of 2009, that they uh, took a ser- that they took a series from St. Louis. They have been the bugaboo team, really. They have been, but uh, the Rockies get the best of the Cardinals. And what was a matchup of two last place teams? You have the Cardinals, which are dead last in the NL Central, Rockies dead last in the NL West, but the Rockies get it done. And really, kind of a quietly. A quiet, solid year for Austin Gomber. You know, he was probably the biggest piece of the trade acquisition when it came for Nolan Arenado. He was one of the biggest pieces, if not the biggest piece. And it's good to see Austin Gomber have some success. It's been up and down. He's had some injury issues at times. But Austin Gomber uh, is kind of maybe slowly working his way into being one of the top pitchers for the Rockies going forward. Gomber, 9-8 and eight on the season. I know that's just barely above 500, but when you consider that the Rockies have, what, 44 wins this year? I think that's what it is right now. And he has nine of them on the mound? That's pretty good. It's pretty good. So give credit to Austin Gomber. And, you know, the young players continuing to, to flash a little bit. You know, Brenton Doyle scoring the winning run. Of course, Ezekiel Tovar with the sacrifice fly RBI. Uh, wasn't a great offensive explosion. In fact, they got out hit by the Cardinals last night. Sorry, yesterday, 8-5. to five. But still, Rockies get a win 1-0. They beat the Cardinals in the Series 2 Games 3. Once again, the big stat, beating St. Louis in a series for the first time since sweeping them back in 2009. There's your first winner of the weekend, the Colorado Rockies. Let's move on to our second big winner of the weekend. And this is going to be kind of the topic du jour a little bit. But our first winner of the weekend... Probably going to be the Big 12 Conference. If anybody, Of course, if you have been living under a rock for the last few days, that's fine. I understand. Get out of the heat, uh, you know, and maybe just getting away from the world. But the big news came down Friday that pretty much the Pac-12 Conference is going away. After the announcements that Washington and Oregon would be going to the Big 10, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah all decided to join the Big 12. And so the Pac-12 is disintegrating right in front of our eyes and as other programs are going to other conferences for better money. The reason for this, of course, happening is the media rights deal that the Pac-12 did not get. They were hoping to get somewhere in the $30 million range. And reports came out yesterday that the Apple TV deal, streaming deal, that each school was going to get was going to be around $23 million. That was not good enough. The schools decided to jump ship and go to conferences where even though they might take a lesser amount, like, for example, I know Oregon and Washington are going to take a lesser amount, like $30 million in 2024, and I know the other Big 12 schools that join, like Arizona, Utah, Arizona State, are going to make around $31, $32 million per school. Uh, it's only about, it's still 7 to $8 million more 
than what they were going to make staying in the Pac-12. And so it's a, it was a very kind of sad, eerie, yet somewhat exciting Friday afternoon. Kind of a news dump there, the Friday afternoon news dump. But the Big 12 came out looking like roses. And the biggest reason why they came out looking like roses is because this was the conference that was supposed to die a few years ago. When Texas and Oklahoma said bye-bye to the Big 12 conference, people thought, that's the end of that. Where are these Big 12 schools going to go? Are they going to be going to the Mountain West? Are they going to be joining the American? Are they going to be able to hop onto another conference, whether it's the SEC or the Big Ten or, or whatever, the Pac-12? But the Big 12 is going away. But Brett Yormark put up his hand and stopped that immediately and instead went on the offensive, brought in four quality schools, Cincinnati, UCF, uh, with Houston, and, I'm, and uh, of course, BYU brought in those four solid programs. And then because of this, the scenario has just been sitting and waiting and then brought in Colorado and now Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. The four corner, most of the four corner schools there minus New Mexico. But they, they got it done. So it's been a, it's been very, very weird to see it all to center, but the, a winner of the weekend, once again, is the Big 12 Conference because they, once again, were left dead to rights, most people thought. And now, look, they're sitting as one of the three biggest conferences in the country going into next year. This all begins next year. Not, not this next, this upcoming year, but the following year, 2024. It all begins. The Big 10 becomes 18 schools. The SEC and the Big 12 are 16 schools. The Pac-12 is pretty much gone. You got the ACC, I think, with their 14. There's four super conferences right now at this point in time. And that, of course, is changing daily. Uh, On to uh, losers of the weekend. Uh, The United States women's team is is a loser of the weekend. The U.S. women lost in the first round of 16 game to... Sweden in penalty kicks, and their run is over. Very, very surprising end to this uh, Women's World Cup with the U.S., who were the no-doubt favorites to win this, their third consecutive. But it just seemed like from the very beginning, we're never really... I don't know. They're, they're like they're, like, it's like they went in thinking, well, we'll just do what we've done in the past and we'll win again. Even though part of that is true, they got to have some more killer instinct. And the other teams were more improved. It's like the United States was sitting at the top and others' teams improved. And even though the U.S. played really good against Sweden, they did not get the win. They lose in penalty kicks. And, you know, one of their star players, Megan Rapino, missed a clutch kick. You know, the U.S. The U.S. is in a it was in a bad spot, and then you know that's the end of Rapino's career. That's the end of Julie Ertz. She's going to step aside now. And also on top of that, going bye bye or not bye bye, but Alex Morgan said she would be back, I guess. But they're going to lose some key pieces. So they are going to lose some key pieces from a year ago. Most of them believe they're going to be just fine. They probably will be just fine. But you have to admit it was a pretty disappointing showing by the United States women's soccer team in the fact that they went to the World Cup as the no-doubt favorites, barely made it into the round of 16, and then were beaten in the round of 16. 
by Sweden. In penalty kicks, I get it. Not in full time or anything like that, but in penalty kicks. But you still lose that, and that's that's a tough pill to swallow if you are uh, the U.S. at this point in time. So the United States women's team, a loser of the weekend. And like I said, losing some very key, key pieces that have been on the roster for over a couple of decades now. For, for at least a decade, decade and a half. And now I want to get to the big loser of the weekend. And really the biggest loser of the weekend, if you want to get into it, is really college athletics and college athletic history with conference realignment. Everything is going away as what we've known, maybe most of us have grown up with. It's all going away. Those great rivalry games that you know you would you would see, you would turn on and want to watch, you know, whether it was, you know, Oregon, Oregon State, or Oak, you know, Bedlam. Um, you know, we can throw tons more into that as well. Those games are those games are gone. Those great regional rivalries are now gone. And that is, I think, what hurts the most is that these is that these these games that we grew up to know, Nebraska, Oklahoma, all that stuff, these these games, they're gone. Conference realignment has caused this all to happen. And that really, really stings because you know that's that's what I think makes college athletics great is the regionality of it. You have these bordering states that you rival and that you, you know, maybe don't like. Like, it, it's fun for me. I'm a Nebraska guy, and living in Kansas, a lot of people love to give me flack. And that's fine. I don't care. It's kind of fun. Yes, I'm a Nebraska guy. Not going not gonna to deny that. Have been my whole life. Can't hide that fact. Do I love Kansas State? No, I don't. Do I love Kansas? No, I don't. Do I want to beat them if we played them? Absolutely. I don't hate them, hate them, but you know what? And there's teams I do hate. I, I hate Texas. I want to beat Texas, all that stuff. Those, those type of rivalry games I grew up with. Now those are all gone. And I know that it was, it was already starting years ago. I get that. But now to see an entire conference, to see an entire conference get completely obliterated and be gone, that's when it's really starting to hit home. When you see an entire conference get completely taken away and gobbled up by other bigger conferences, it's it's kind of a sad deal. You're not going to see, you know, Washington State, Washington, Oregon, Oregon State. You're not going to see those games. You're not going to get to see uh, Arizona against um, Oregon. You're not going to get to see those those type of regional games, rarely if any more, because of conference realignment and, and certain teams splintering off to go to one conference while others go to another. And it really is a sad, sad deal. You know, another another semi loser in this is kind of the student athlete to an extent, and I want to go to a quote that was made this past weekend by Eli Drinkwitz. Head coach of the, of the Missouri Tiger football team, he had a phenomenal, uh, about three-minute little ordeal talking about the cost 
of students. Like these moves are all great for the conferences, and they're going to be, and all these schools are making tons of money, and and that's that's the biggest reason why this is happening. The biggest reason why this is all going on is based upon money. It's, it absolutely is. It's the biggest reason why. Because when you've got when you have when you have to have athletic budgets to help keep not just your football program, but your football program is your biggest money maker. So for those who don't understand, football programs are your biggest money maker. Most of them. There are a few schools, Kansas probably being one of them, that your basketball program is your biggest moneymaker. But a majority of schools, your biggest moneymaker is your football program. The money that you draw in from your television rights, all that stuff, it helps not only keep your football program up and running, it also keeps your uh, volleyball, your softball, your baseball, your swimming, whatever the program's going that usually are uh, in the red. When the season is done, it keeps those programs going with the money that is used by them. That's how those programs keep going. And so you need that money to keep these programs going. So it's a very, very tough deal because you need that money to keep these programs running and operational. But at the same time, you're really hurting them. And I want to just play this quote from from Eli Drinkwitz and talk more after. But this is Eli Drinkwitz once again talking about the cost it is to student athletes on this decision of conference realignment, what it means to the student athlete going forward. Once again, Eli Drinkwitz, head football coach, University of Missouri. All right, I'm gonna say it. I thought the transfer window, I thought the portal was closed. Uh, oh, that's just for the student athletes. The adults in the room get to do whatever they want, apparently, and it's. Um, you know, it's just sad that there's um, – look, I, I, my question is, did we count the cost? I'm not talking about a financial cost. I'm talking about did we count the cost for the student-athletes involved in this decision? What cost is it to those student-athletes? We're talking about a football decision. They based off football. But what about softball and baseball who have to travel cross-country? Do we ask about the cost to them? Do we know what the number one indicator of, uh, of symptom of, or cause of mental health is? It's lack of rest and sleep. Traveling in those baseball, softball games, you know, those, those people, they travel commercial. They get done playing at four. They got to go to the airport. They come back. It's three or four in the morning. They got to go to class. I mean, did we ask any of them? Are we going to look back? I, I don't worry at all about the game. The game is going to be strong. Football is going to be fine. We'll all figure it out. But did we consider the people that we are entrusted with? Did we consider the student athlete? Because then we're asking them to go out on their own to get NIL. We didn't say we're going to revenue share. We're not saying they're getting a piece of it. So that, that's the thing that's bothering me right now in this whole situation is we keep trying to limit what the student athlete can do, but then we act on our own. Uh, everybody's got their own reasons, um, uh, and, and I'm not questioning any of those. I'm saying as a collective group, have we asked ourselves, what's it going to cost the student-athletes? I saw um, on Twitter several student-athletes talking about one of the reasons they chose their school was so that their parents didn't have to travel. They chose a local school so that they could be regionally associated so their parents could watch them play and not have to travel. Did we ask them if they wanted to travel from the East Coast to the West Coast? Man, 
You know, I love the game, but every game that I coach, I look up in the stands and find my family. I make sure they can play. I make sure they can be there because that's what I'm doing this for. And you're talking about volleyball, baseball, softball, track. I mean, all, all those other sports, man, they don't get, they're not fortunate in, to travel like the way we do. Football will be fine. Football will be fine. Still, we count the cost of the collateral damage of everybody else. I don't know. I, only time will tell. But that is my biggest, like, looking at it going 24 hours after, say, did we really think about that? I don't think we did. Um, I don't think we did. Eli Drinkowitz is is right on. He is exactly right on. But I go back to the point. This all comes down to money. You need money to keep your facilities upgraded, to keep your other programs, like he mentioned, your softball, baseball, stuff like that going. Most of these schools are. There's some programs that have the budget to do it, uh, that, that are making money off those, you know, Oklahoma and softball, LSU baseball, stuff like that. But you have those programs that are keeping the money there. But most schools have to have money from this television deal and these conferences to keep it going. He's exactly right when it comes to the student athlete. Some of these, and some of these, you know, when you're football, you're only playing once a week. You can make that happen. You know, but when you're doing basketball, when you're doing, you know, going in the midweek, volleyball, uh, softball, baseball, you know, and most of the programs when it comes to softball, baseball, um, volleyball, you know, they do, he mentioned it, they fly commercial. They don't, when they go, you know, and it used to be regionally, so they would bus. It used to be that way. But now you have to fly, and you usually have to fly commercial. But here's my point that I'll make for conference realignment, all this money. If you're going to make all this money, you're going to invest it back in your program, and that may mean you might have to start chartering flights. There might have to be universities that own a fleet of airplanes now. You're going to have to own your own, you know, whatever it is. You're going to have to own your own about five airplanes that you can take your football team, you can take your volleyball team, your baseball team, so you can fly them where they need to go. Because if they're going to be playing all these spots, you're going to need to get ways to get there faster and more efficient. And by chartering flights for all your sports, that may be what's going to have to happen with this money. You're going to be getting ridiculous amounts. I mean, the Big Ten could be making close to $80 million a year in the future per school. You need to start investing that into probably ways of traveling, getting all of your programs. doesn't matter how big or how small they are, finding ways to get them there. So that is a big, big part that I, I, I'm intrigued to see. You know, and also with online classes, you know, we talked about getting up, going to class. A lot of kids are taking classes online. They could just do more of that. We'll see going forward. It's a humongous issue, and there's, there's positives and there's a lot of negatives. There's a lot of there's some excitement and there's a lot of sadness. It really is an intriguing thing to see. And I'm, and I'm excited to bring on our guest Riley Gates and talk about this conversation more. So let's let's get to a break. Once again, our weekend winners and losers. Our winners: the Colorado Rockies taking down the Cardinals in a series for the first time since 2009 in the Big 12 Conference. From where they were a year ago to where they are today, our losers of the weekend. Um, the United States women's national soccer team getting knocked out in the round of 16. And our other losers of the weekend, of course, really college athletes and college athletics as we know it. Losers of the weekend. All right, let's get to our break. When we come back, our good friend Riley Gates going to hop on the program from On3Sports. We'll talk more about conference realignment things of that sort next. This is the Morning Blitz. 
This message is for Karina, our mom who finished her high school diploma at age 28. Hi, Mom. It's Emmedith and Nicholas. Congratulations on getting your diploma. You worked so hard and have taught us so much. We, We love, love you. When you graduate, they graduate. Finish your high school diploma for you and for them. Visit finishyourdiploma.org to find free and supportive adult education centers near you. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. When you have trouble sleeping, it's tough. When kids have trouble sleeping... Mom, I can't sleep. Dad, just one more story? For nights like this, try Vicks Pure Z's Kids. Our great-tasting gummies are specially formulated for kids with a unique blend of botanicals and a low dose of melatonin to support their natural sleep cycle. Best of all, they're drug-free and non-habit-forming. Help your child fall asleep naturally with Pure Z's Kids Gummies. Consult with a doctor before use for ages four and up. It's time for a check of the markets with the Anderson Trade Group on the Kansas Farm and Ranch Radio Network. Good morning. This is Paige Chapman at the Andersons with your morning grain report on Monday, August 7th. In the overnight market, September corn is down one and a quarter at 483. December down two at 495 and a quarter. And March down two at 508 and a half. August soybeans are down 24 at 1420. September down 39 at 1348. And November down, down 30 at 1303 and a quarter. Kansas City wheat is up eight and a quarter at 763 quarters. December up seven and a half at 776 three quarters, and March up eight at 786 and a half. Dow Jones is up 113 points at 35,266. S&P up 19 at 4,517. Nasdaq up 84 at 15,438. Gold is down $4.10 at $1,972. Silver is down 14 cents at 23.57. And crude oil is down 66 cents at 82.16. If you have any risk management questions or grain you would like to market in the Colorado area, you can reach John Hankey or Joseph Koning at 970-744-4484. Or in the Overland Park office, you can reach myself, Paige Chapman, Tom Saluto, or Tyler Ghosh at 913-748-3000. The Anderson Trade Group, proud market partners with Kansas Farm and Ranch Radio. Find out more at andersongrain.com. The risk of loss through trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance, whether actual or indicated, is not indicative of future results. The Anderson Trade Group has no guarantee that the advice given will result in profitable trades. Kansas Corn reminds you that E15 fuel is the right choice for every kind of driver. For the car enthusiast, E15 has higher octane. For the thrifty driver, E15 is priced lower than regular unleaded. For the nature lover, E15 provides cleaner air. For the shopper who buys local, E15 has more ethanol from our Kansas corn farms. Choose E15 for a higher octane, lower price, and cleaner American fuel. This message from the Kansas Corn Commission. Learn more at kscorn.com. Child care is a calling where you inspire young hearts, play an essential role in the lives of families, and help keep the Kansas economy moving. Kansas needs more child care professionals. Child care is calling. Will you answer? Say thank you to child care professionals for everything they do for Kansas children and consider what a career in child care could mean for you. Find help getting started at childcareinkansas.com. 
If you're shopping for a banking institution, visit with Equity Bank of Hoxie, Grinnell, and Quinter, Kansas. The Equity Bank is heavily invested in local business and activities contributing in many ways back to their community. Their employees are involved with many organizations and area events. Plus, a lot of experience comes with that staff. You'll find valuable local assistance when you bank at the Equity Bank of Hoxie, Grinnell, Quinter, and other locations in western Kansas. The Equity Bank. Member FDIC. Midwest Energy begins charging demand rates for residential customers on January 1st, 2024. In August, Midwest is sending all residential customers a mailer explaining demand rates. Participate in the Summer Demand Challenge and you'll learn how appliance use impacts demand and be entered to win one of 50 $50 Visa gift cards. Learn more about demand rates at MWEnergy.com under the Residential tab. Midwest Energy, a customer-owned cooperative, making energy work for you. Check this out. This is the You're excited. I'm excited. With Colin Cowherd. But it is funny that scouts and GMs and executives and often coaches fall in love with just talent. And I've argued for years that quarterback is 50% talent and 50% intangibles. If it was just talent, Dak Prescott's not in the league and either is Kirk Cousins. Dak Prescott is all about intangible. Almost all. This is the Herd. 10 to 1 Mountain Time on AM 730, Fox Sports Tri-State. It's the Morning Blitz. What is this, amateur hour? Weekday mornings from 7 to 8 Mountain, 8 to 9 Central, on 1025U Rock and the Rocking M app. Continuing on our Monday morning program here on August the 7th. Glad that you're with us here on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State, 1025U Rock, course online. Anyway, you might get your show. We appreciate you joining joining tour. Joining us today on this Monday. It is a Monday morning. Our guest today, our good friend from On3 Sports, that's Riley Gates who joins us now. Boy, Riley, um, it, it feels like a whole different world from what it was just a week ago, doesn't it? Especially the world of college uh, athletics? Yeah, um, and as I answer that question, I'm pouring my second cup of coffee for the day, mentally preparing for another day where... Why not more realignment? I mean, who who knows really at this point? We we've really just had it all every single day, so why not just carry it into today? I want to say, I mean, it's kind of sad that that's all we're talking about here, and we are, geez, twenty days away, less than from the season opening when it comes to college football and college athletics. Getting your way, we're less than twenty days away, yet we're talking more about conference realignment than we are about the the upcoming season. Yeah, you know, that's definitely kind of a bummer um, because in the last two years when it's happened, it's happened early in July um, and then it's over, you know, by the end of the month when when everything there is kind of figured out. But, uh, I, I mean, it makes sense in, in terms of the fact that, like, hey, this has not been a normal realignment just because of how many moving parts there are and um, how big the news was. Like, the Pac-12 just – kind of did this to themselves by, you know, not having a media deal and not being able to really answer any questions, not being able to provide stability for the league. Like, so yeah, I agree in that sense. Like, Hey, I wish we were sitting here arguing about the teams that are going to make the playoff this year, but like, this is just kind of where we're at. And and it's kind of a must that we, that we talk about this topic and, and cover it to all ends because it's currently the, it's not even just what's happening now. It, it's it's impacting, you know, obviously the next however many years of the sport. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. I th- I could go on for a whole half hour talking about conference realignment, and, and I don't even know exactly where to even start. But I'm going to say, if you had to pick a winner of conference realignment, 
who would it be? I would say it's the Big Twelve Conference. I think they're the biggest winner of conference realignment that of this this time around. Are you? Would I be correct in that statement? That's a good question, um, and I think there's a couple ways to look at it. I think from like the most impactful. Or, okay, I'll put it this way. I think the Big Ten won in terms of hey, we made the best moves to be stronger overall. Like I think the Big Ten firming up USC and UCLA, obviously in the last year and then um, adding Oregon and Washington. I think those are the four strongest moves anyone's made um, in, in the realignment cycle. However, I think the big 12 won, like you said, overall, because the big 12, they not only went from like, Oh, Hey, I guess the big 12 is going to be around still for a little bit, but like the big 12 is now a player. You have to take the big 12 seriously because of all of these extra additions they've now made. Um, they're not going to surpass the SEC. They're not going to stress the Big Ten. Like they're just not going to do that, um, and especially in college football. Like it's just never going to happen. But they are the third football conference now, and and that's what you had to do. Somebody had to position themselves to be the third conference behind the Big Ten and the SEC, and the Big Twelve did that glowingly by with with all their additions. So yeah, I think overall it is the Big Twelve just because they they are now taken seriously and and people actually kind of have to respect this new big 12. Riley Gates our guest from on 3 sports. We'll, we'll start on the I want to go to the leftover Pac-12 teams. Your Oregon State, your Cal, Stanford and your Washington State. In your opinion, why do those schools not have a lifeboat to cling to and where do they go from here? Well, I feel bad for Oregon State and Washington State because those two teams, those two schools, they do take athletics seriously to an extent. Like they want to compete, they want to be um, have have strong programs on the field and on the court and whatnot. So I feel bad for those schools. I don't feel bad for Cal. I don't feel bad for Stanford because, and and I guess this kind of probably encompasses them a little bit. But those two schools didn't. They don't care about sports. They care about academics and sports go along with it. You don't have to look any further than Stanford football, who had Toby Gearhart, a Heisman Trophy candidate. They had Christian McCaffrey, who is obviously a a fantastic football player. They were a top, I think, 15 team when K-State went out there in 2016 and played them out, out at Stanford, and the stadium was half full. Stanford does not care about athletics. They especially do not care about college football. And you just can't not care about the biggest sport, no matter how important academics are to you, because football also drives academics, and that's just not what they the way that they see it. And so I really don't feel bad for those two schools because they kind of made their grave, and now they got to lie in it. Um, I, I really don't think the same is to be said for Oregon State and Washington State. I think those are schools that just I mean they're just not they don't pop that much and and they're not very desired you know they were never going to be buckled in along with Oregon and Washington to go to the Big Ten because they just don't really provide that much from an from an athletic standpoint um so it's unfortunate that they kind of just fell by the wayside there as far as what's next you know I I have to imagine it's just kind of what everybody else is assuming that they'll merge into the Mountain West and and they'll be in their own conference out there and, and try to make a name for themselves out there. But, uh, you know, it doesn't look good. Um, they're certainly not going to be in the mix of, of kind of, you know, national rel- relevance, national powers and, 
Um, they're going to have to have a really special season some year if they want to, you know, make national noise and, and contend for the playoff and everything like that, because that's going to be an uphill battle. You know, you're not playing very many good teams and um, you're going to have to schedule pretty tough to, to earn a lot of people's respect. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a heartbreaking deal for those two schools, like you said, Washington State and Oregon State, because those are programs, like you said, they love their sports. I mean, well, Oregon State's got a really good football program this year, and they've got a national championship caliber baseball program out there. Uh, they got lots of good things going on, but uh, and Washington State's been a solid football program, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a sad sad deal that those are kind of left out there on the island by themselves. Uh, I want to talk more. We all know that this is all based upon football, but this move has impacts on all sports. How how much? And I I just keep going back to the quote I heard this week: Drinkowitz, the Missouri football coach, talking about you know the student athlete and you know football. It's one game a week, but you know you've got volleyball and basketball and softball, baseball, just the for the major other sports, team sports. But maybe aren't the the big. They've got those crazy schedules and stuff that they got to follow. How do you think they're going to handle, you know, stuff like that and still get kids, you know, back in time for school and things of that sort? How do you think they go about doing that in the future? Well, I mean, I think it's just going to. Unfortunately, they're going to have to change the way that they do it. You know, there will be no road trip for one night, come back and go back to class. It will be stretched out into a multiple day. You know, maybe a whole week where let's say uh let's say the USC volleyball team goes out and they play Michigan and Ann Arbor on a Tuesday and then they play Michigan State um the following Friday or something like that and and they're just going to have to stay out there i mean it it probably is going to be impactful financially on on those schools to have to put you know kids up for multiple nights in a hotel or or you know however their travel arrangement is set up the food things like that but it just doesn't make logistical sense, especially in non-revenue sports like volleyball, like baseball, like, um, you know, women's basketball for most schools. I, I'm sure there's probably a couple out there that are, are revenue generating, but for most schools, those school, those sports are not a revenue sport. And so it doesn't make a lot of logistical sense to fly them out there one day, have them come back for a day and a half, two days, and then put them on another plane and send them out there for, for another road trip that week. You know, you got to schedule that way. You have to be thinking about that when you make the schedule and and I'm sure that they will I'm sure they'll do things like that um, to make it easier on conferences but yeah it's definitely I mean that's that's part of the reason that a lot of people don't like the realignment I mean hell people don't like from from Lubbock or from Morgantown they don't like going across the country right now as it is for one men's basketball game Um, and so it's it's kind of a disaster but um, we we really threw regionality out of the window i think when you know we added west virginia to the big 12 and um i mean that that was just kind of one of the first dominoes out there and then obviously usc and ucla going to the big 10 that's just unfortunately as as nice as as regionality is and and being local is it's just not realistic and it's it's just not going to happen riley gates on three sports.com on that same note you know, with all this extra money that's going to be, once again, I just go off the Big Ten. For example, I know the Big 12 is going to be making 30 to $35 million per school. I know the Big Ten at some point in time could make close to $60, $70 million. I mean, at some point in time, you're, the, the numbers are going to get so big that, honestly, couldn't you just say, like, you know, we're, we're going to start chartering flights for all sports? 
um, because we, we have the budget to do that. I mean, it may get down to that. You're going to have so much. You're going to have this big money contract. You might have to start doing it to help these other sports get around and do things. For sure. I mean, I think that's definitely in play, um, especially for for the big schools that have a, a ton of money backing as is, you know, even before the, the meteorites, you know, a, a school like USC is big enough that they have massive donors that could do things like that. Um, and, and it honestly might make more logistical sense if they could find somebody to do that rather than spend three nights in a hotel, you know, getting however many rooms you would need to put a team up like that. Um, I think it's definitely on the table. And, and as time goes on, you know, it's a lot like, uh, like NFL quarterback contracts, the numbers aren't going lower. They're going bigger. And what, what used to seem massive is now, you know, pennies on the dollar, a quarterback making $40 million a year now is, is nothing. Um, whereas five years ago, it would have just been astronomical to think that that would ever happen. And so, yeah, we could see these schools, you know, their budgets just rapidly changing and the way that they do things rapidly changing. And, um, it's, it's going to continue to get bigger. Um, we're definitely going to see student athletes' lives be treated as if they're professional athletes. I mean, that's just, they're not at school to do school anymore. That They are just, they're there to play sports and school is, is a secondary aspect. The question is, are they going to start being paid as, as a business? You know, are they going to be paid as professional athletes? Because that's where things will start to get really interesting. Oh, gosh, I don't even want to think about that. Well, how do you, let's just say, let's take the Big 12 Conference, for example, with all these teams, and we'll just do the football for now, all these teams and across the country, do you think they kind of go to an NFL-style model and have kind of their own little, like, they're so big conferences, you think there's something where they could, you know, go to almost like divisions within a conference or pods in the future? I, I, I don't see how they don't. I mean, I don't think they're stop. you know, the Big Ten, I think the Big Ten is going to try to get to 20. Um and and I think you have to split. I mean, it just it, I've run through like all the scenarios in my head of how you can do it, how you can determine conference champions, and it's just a it's a bear. I mean, you could have a really good team that is probably the best team in the conference, and because they caught a bad scheduling break and they caught one bad week, they're not going to play for the conference championship. And a team that probably isn't as deserving but have an easier schedule is going to end up in the conference championship game. I mean, it's just kind of a mess right now. And um, I, I, Yeah, like I said, I just don't think that we're going to be done yet. I mean, I think I think we will see conferences try to push for that 20-team mark maybe. Um, and, and then, yeah, you're going to have to split because 20 is just a number that you can't – you just can't do it without creating a, a ton of problems like that. And so <clears> – <throat> Yeah, I, I, th- I think we could be headed for that. I don't think it's going to happen right away. Like, we'll probably have a couple seasons where we try to figure out what's the best way to do this, and um, that's just kind of part of the world that we're in right now. Is we're do- we're doing things that we haven't ever seen done. We haven't ever seen conferences this big. We haven't seen conferences with teams from all areas of the country. And so, as time goes on, and as we kind of feel it out a little bit more, I think we'll get a better idea of what works and what doesn't work, and maybe what direction we need to head in with things like that. It's just so much questions and uh, and things to find out. And the funny thing is we only have about a year to figure it out, Riley, because next year it all begins. <laughs> it uh, all begins. It's hard to imagine. Like, you know, I remember, like, uh, you know, when other conference, when other schools move conference, you know, oh, they have a couple years to get it done, two or three years. Now it's, hey, next year we begin. It's crazy. And, and it's, you know, it, it was weird, just things like, you know, K-State had, 
had Colorado and Arizona on the future football schedules. And now it's like, well, those are conference games now, so yep. we can't do that. we we got to figure out something else. It's uh, it's a very different world than we lived in two months ago. And uh, but hey, yeah, Honestly, they could keep those games, Riley, because, you know, they may have to start playing ten conference games a year. You know, two non-con I, and ten conference. It's it's definitely on the table. I, I think it's definitely on the table, you know, and and who knows? Maybe they will just do that. Maybe they will roll it over into a, into a league game. Um, it's it's a. I'll put it this way: I'm glad I'm covering it, and I'm glad I'm not the one that has to be in the league offices saying, "Okay, how do we do up this schedule?" Because I don't think that would be very fun. <laughs> It's going to be crazy, that's for sure. Riley Gates on 3 Sports. Riley, thank you so much for fitting us in on this Monday. Have a great rest of your week. You betcha, anytime. Once again, great stuff from Riley Gates. Love visiting with him. Great insight, great information on college athletics. And, of course, nothing bigger now than conference realignment. Let's get to our final break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. Thoughts on the Royals, who had their seven-game winning streak snap. We'll get to that. Also, real quickly before we get to break, if you want to be a winner uh, from the Kansas Lottery, you could win yourself a... Day of the Dead instance tickets from the Kansas Lottery. All you got to do is text in the word dead to 785-899-2222. That's 785-899-2222. You could be a winner from the Kansas Lottery. Back with our final segment next in the Blitz. Are you getting all the discounts you're entitled to on your home and auto insurance? Multi-car, multi-policy, common loss deductible, remodel credits are just a few options available. Do you have a special circumstance requiring insurance coverage? We might be able to help with that also. Check with the girls at the insurance agency at 1020 Main Street in Goodland or call 785-899-5011. We offer coverage from several companies to best suit your insurance needs. Call or stop by and talk to Roxanne, Susan, or Judy for all your insurance needs. Phones nowadays can do practically anything, including feed you. And now, now they cannot. Well, that is if you download the McDonald's app. Use the McDonald's app to get deals on the food you love, including McCafe's, soft drinks, fries, and so much more. Plus, keep up to date on what's trending at McDonald's with the latest promotions, events, new products, and specials. You can even order and pay from the app. So download it today and score from your local McDonald's at Burlington, Colby, Goodland, and Lamar. Attention farmers, it's harvest season and this fall might be the best time to add more ground to your operation or sell some land. Hayden Outdoors Real Estate would like to earn your business. Meet our agents and brokers at our regional offices, which includes our original location at 1401 Main Street, downtown Goodland. We'll help you buy, sell, or auction real estate across Kansas. Learn more at HaydenOutdoors.com or call 866-741-8323. Hayden Outdoors, the brand that sells the land. Main Dish Hometown Catering is the best way to ease school time meal planning. Visit MainDishHometownCatering.com, order your family's summertime tasty favorites, and they're ready to ship to your door overnight, freezer ready or heat and eat. Check out the monthly city delivery schedule. You'll discover time in the kitchen is shorter with fully prepared tasty meals and casseroles and your family favorites. Order now, MainDishHometownCatering.com. MainDishHometownCatering.com goodness is on the way. Hey, it's Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks, and you're listening to my main man, Ross Volkmer. He may be a Husker, but he also knows how to rock chalk. And you're listening to the Morning Blitz right here on 1025 Rock. Congratulations to Mike. He's a winner from the Kansas Lottery. Won himself a Day of the Dead instant ticket. Our final stop on the Morning Blitz today, 
uh, the Kansas City Royals. They lose on Sunday, 8-4 to in a back-and-forth affair to the Philadelphia Phillies. Get this, Kansas City gets up on Philly, a couple of singles and a sack fly. They lead 3-0 after the top of the first. A three-run homer in the bottom of the first off Zach Granke uh, puts the Phillies tied at three with the, with the Royals. MJ Melendez comes back up in the top of the second. A solo shot gives the Royals the lead right back at 4-3. to three. And then it was all Phillies from that point. So I'm Kyle Schwarber in the second, t- took the lead right back with a double, or sorry, with a two-run homer, excuse me, in the bottom of the second. And then Phillies add a couple more in the fifth and the seventh to win 8-4, to four, the final uh, score there. Zach Granke dropping to just 1-12 uh, this year. 1-12, four innings work, seven hits, five runs, four Ks. Two home runs given up by Zach Granke. Royals, once again, the big story going into the weekend was their winning streak, uh, and that was snapped on Saturday. They won Friday 7-5 to to improve it to a seven-game winning streak, uh, but then had it snapped, losing to the Phillies 9-6 and 8-4 on Saturday and Sunday, respectively. And so uh, the Royals... Have lost two in a row going into a weekend series at Boston. Uh, that is going. That starts tonight, six ten Central Time on AM seven ninety K Triple X. Don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but the Rockies, after splitting, after taking two or three from the Cardinals, they are at the Milwaukee Brewers tonight for a series that begins at six ten Mountain Time on AM seven thirty Fox Sports Tri State. So there you go, your baseball update. I could go on and on about conference realignment, uh, but that'll just have to be a topic for another day. Uh, Kansas men's basketball team continuing their uh, little trip down in Puerto Rico exhibition play. They won Saturday 92-87, a much more highly contested game. I mean, the Bahamian national team they played featured guys like Buddy Heald. Uh, but the Jayhawks pull out the win 92-87. They led by as much as 14 points midway through the third quarter. Uh, the Bahamian team clawed back, but Kansas prevailed. Hunter Dickinson led the way 28 points in the game, 21 of that in the second half. Uh, then you had K.J. Adams uh, go out there with 17 points. Kevin McCuller had 13, and freshman Marco Jackson continued his solid play down there in Puerto Rico. He had a dozen points. So KU 2-0, they'll play the Bahamian national team again today. That's at 11 a.m. Central time. They'll take on that Bahamian national team. You can watch it on uh, Facebook or KUAthletics.com. Watch it and hear the call as well with Brian Haney and Greg Gurley. Uh, Those guys bringing coverage down there from Puerto Rico. But it's the final game on this Puerto Rican exhibition trip for Kansas men's basketball. We're getting some really good games in at this point in time and looking like one of the best teams in the country at this point in time. That does it for our program today. Thanks to Riley Gates. Thanks to you for listening. Once again, apologies for the technical difficulties on 1025 Rock. Not much we can do about it until our parts get in. There is no show the rest of the week. Do you want to let people know about that? No show the remainder of the week. I am out. Got some health things to take care of. So that will be I will be out the rest of the week here. Back on the seventh, sorry, the 14th when uh, fall sports practices begin. Look forward to visit then. Have a good one. It's been the Blitz.